I even now track Tim Ferriss, you know, the amazing Tim Ferriss um, from my first book. So, fantastic. Did my first book and I thought, okay, let's see. Let's, let's try the second one, see if it works again. Second time around, same result. Number one bestseller when I launched and I thought, okay, okay, I think I'm onto something. Let's try again. Third book, we'll see what happens. Third book, same result, number one bestseller. And I thought, yeah, you know, I think I, I, I think I did it. You know, I think what I'm doing works. Hello, everybody. My name is Jeremy Franchese. You are listening to First Floor Conversations, where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Today on episode 43, we're joined by Emmy Vita Estacio. Emmy is a number one best-selling author, a chartered psychologist, and an entrepreneur. Currently, she splits her time between her private psychology practice and her self-publishing business that's been booming recently with everybody trying to make use of quarantine time. Uh, and so, um, really looking forward to diving Diving in and, and seeing really how is she helping people hit that number one bestseller list on Amazon and, and ultimately grow their business. Uh, Emmy, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jeremy. I'm really excited to share what I know about writing and self-publishing on Amazon. I, uh, I'm very, very excited when, when we first connected and for those that know how I do this, like I always do a little bit of a pre-call. When we talked, it was just immediately, I was like, this is going to be a lot of fun. And, and so... For the, for the uh, listeners, for those that are watching, thank you so much for tuning in as always. Uh, we hope this is fun uh, and actionable, right? Like I think everybody thinks about writing a book and producing something and, and whether it's business or personal, it's such a daunting new thing that they want it to be done, but they also want it to work. And so we'll get there, but start off with building a little context. And so, um, Emmy, I'm curious. So, so where, where are you from? Like, where's home? Where, where are you now? Like, what's the little bit of the background look like? Sure. Well, I'm originally from the Philippines. Um, I was born and raised there, studied psychology, but I decided to move here to the UK. I thought I was going to be here for just a year, <laughs> you know, just do my master's. But, you know, I was offered a PhD. I was offered a lectureship. And then I met my husband, had a family. So it just, life just happened. <laughs> so I, I ended up um, staying here in the UK. I've been here um, for 18 years now. Um, and this is where I found my feet as an academic. Um, I'm a chartered psychologist um, by profession. I've been in academia for over 20 years now. And, you know, teaching psychology at the university. Um, but for me, I love psychology. I love um, everything about it and, and what it can offer to the world. But when I was in academia, I felt as if it was so limited. Like I was just talking to fellow academics, I was talking to students, which is actually fantastic. You know, I love, you know, teaching, but I felt as if there's something missing. I know that psychology has such a huge potential to help so many people. And I thought, okay, maybe I can use psychology, share what I know about psychology and, and help people um, overcome depression, maybe uh, help them to overcome fear, you know, embrace their, their self-worth and so on. So for me as an academic, I'm used to writing. Um, I'm traditionally published as well. Surprise, surprise. You know, I, I, have a, I have a publisher who published my research papers. I'm on the editorial board. I have textbooks and so on. And I know that even if I'm publishing academic, academic text, 
it's still not going to reach the masses and it's not going to reach them in a way that I want um, to reach people because the way we write in academia, it's full of jargon. <laughs> you know, I don't know why we do that, but it's only us academics who can understand what we're writing. So I explored self-publishing because I want psychology to be more accessible and I want to have the freedom and autonomy to write how I want to write and release my book whenever I want to release it. Because with traditional publishing, it takes us two to three years you know, before we can get the book out. Whereas with self-publishing, in four hours, as soon as I hit publish, it will be out in four hours. So I explored self-publishing, started writing my books um, in that way. And I learned how to do it. I was scared initially because I didn't have a clue. I knew how to write. I knew my topic. Um, in the past, all I had to do was write something, pass it on to the publisher, and the publisher will deal with everything, right? But as a self-published author, I need to understand how I'm going to package it, how I'm going to promote it, what's, what's the launch strategy, how am I going to distribute it, and all that. I was terrified at first, but I used that fear to um, educate myself. You know, I, I don't have to bury my head in the sand. You know, I'm not the first person to self-publish and I won't be the last. So I educated myself. I tried it out. The first time I launched my book, it was a huge success. I even now tracked Tim Ferriss, you know, the amazing Tim Ferriss um, from my first book. So fantastic. Did my first book and I thought, okay, let's see. Let's, let's try the second one, see if it works again. Second time around, same result, number one bestseller when I launched and I thought, okay, okay, I think I'm onto something. Let's try again. Third book, we'll see what happens. Third book, same result, number one bestseller. And I thought, yeah, you know, I think I, I think I did it. You know, I think what I'm doing works. And people started asking me about the process. I helped them out and every single time everyone's been getting the same results. So we have a 100% success rate um, in self-publishing made simple. And, and that's where I am now. You know, I absolutely love helping um, coaches, entrepreneurs, just really share their passion, share their expertise and get to number one bestseller on Amazon when they launch their books. That is absolutely incredible. When you, when you think about it, everybody thinks of writing a book and I want it to be a success. It's a passion project and it's a business project and how they coexist and it comes together. The fact that you have three bestsellers yourself and that community you've been developing has almost a thousand people in it, which is incredible. But for those listening, like really process what she's saying. She's saying she is successfully on demand putting self-publishers at the top of their list on Amazon for best-selling book. Like that's a like that's incredible. And so we'll drill down into the details. I love the academia background. I do think it matters. I do think how you've de developed your your foundation is critical to the success you've had. And and I'm curious in the beginning, you know, as, as a chartered psychologist, somebody with a strong academic uh, backing, a background, was that something that like, was that originally the path? Was that originally what you wanted to do as mom or dad, a psychologist, entrepreneur? Like, I'm curious how, how that all came to be because now it's incredibly successful, but in hindsight, was it that, was that the plan A? No, <laughs> no nothing in my life is plan A, to be honest. I, I'm just, you know, following where life uh, is taking me. So um, my initial plan was to become a medical doctor. Um, and when I was 15 years old, I actually got into med school. Um, it, that was just what happened at that time. But uh, my mom said that, okay, you are 15 
you are about to enter med school, I think you're a little bit too young <laughs> to do that. You know, med school is quite stressful and technically I was a child at that time. I might not be able to handle the stress of, you know, um, working with patients and, you know, the potential of losing patients as well. Academically, um, I can, you know, from, from an academic level, I can manage, but from a psychological and, and social development aspect, maybe I'm not mature enough to go into med school. So that's how I ended up um, going into psychology instead, because my mom advised me that I can take a pre-med course first, and then if I want to pursue medicine later on after I finish uh, my pre-med, then I, I can do that. You know, I'll be 19 years old by that time. So I followed that advice. I studied psychology and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and I decided to pursue that instead. Um, so yeah, so that's actually um, my path. I, I originally intended to become a, a, you know, a pediatrician actually. Um, I got into, you know, I, I was uh, offered a place um, in med school when I was 15, but, you know, I was too young um, at that time. So I decided I'll, I'll do pre-med, you know, I'll do psychology as pre-med. And if I still want to become a, you know, a doctor, then, you know, I, I can do that later. But yeah, this is where life took me, ended up becoming a, a health psychologist. <laughs> you know, that's still related to health and I'm just fascinated with health. Um, working with doctors, health promotion, and so on. Um, I specialized in community and health psychology. Um, that's what um, I pursued for my research papers, for my textbooks, and you know, in terms of yeah, developing human potential. That, that that's where my my passion lies in in writing and sharing what I know and teaching as well. I mean, does it feel weird and crazy to say that you got into med school at fifteen? Um. I, I, I just skipped kindergarten. You, rea you realize that's wild, right? Like, <laughs> I, I don't care if it's the, the Philippines, the UK, the States. That's incredible. Okay, like, but that says a lot. Of, I think that says a lot about you, and it says a lot about the gift, but also what you've you, what you've done with the gift, right? I mean, there's there's a balance of talent and hard work. Clearly brilliant, but there's a lot of brilliant people in this world that don't know how to publish a book that don't know how to use a piece of writing to create leads in their business and grow they don't know how to put their thoughts on paper and then bring it to market in a way that other people care about it and ultimately buy it then go review it and help promote it from there and so i'm curious one of the the items that caught my attention in some of the research I was doing was your philosophy and that framework correct me if I'm not pronouncing it right but is it palm a the, yes, the, yes. So, um, it's it's a Greek word that means let's go together. I thought that was really interesting, and and obviously you've structured it in how you've built out the framework as an acronym. But from what I read, and what it it appeared to be a very important piece of the foundation for how you work with clients, how you partner with business owners, and any advice that you give, it's kind of rooted in this framework. I'd love if you could unpack that, like the significance when that even came to be. You know, it's it's really interesting, and I think it clearly proves to be an important piece of the puzzle. Yes, um, absolutely. With everything that I do, I always have PAME in my, in my head. So PAME is a Greek word that means let's go together. It's a reminder that in this life, 
you don't have to do things on your own. Um, you know, we are all connected. And if you need someone to help you, um, you can actually reach out to, to people to, to support you. But I used PAME as an acronym, which refers to Purpose, Action, Momentum, and Energy. And this is something that, you know, in terms of self-publishing, I, I tell my students this all the time. Always start with your purpose. Always ground yourself in your why. Because when you understand your purpose, when you understand your why, it becomes clearer um, what you are going for. Because with writing a book, with self-publishing a book, there will be challenges ahead. There could be blocks ahead of you. And when you don't understand your why, it would be quite difficult. Uh, it, it would be quite um, easy to just give it all up because you know, you're know you not you're not rooted, you're not grounded in your why. So always start with your why. And when you understand your purpose, then you have to couple that with action. That's the, the A part of PAMI. Action, because with purpose, you know, you, you'll be dreaming, you know, all these people who think about um, the law of attraction and they project all their dreams and aspirations and, you know, their goals. But if you don't couple that with action, it's not going to turn into anything. So if you have a purpose, you have to be driven with action as well to turn that purpose into reality. So you have purpose, you have action, momentum is next. You have to be consistent. Um, you need to have the resilience to build the momentum to keep going. And the last part of the puzzle is energy. When I put together PAME, I didn't really understand why I put E because I just needed something i wonder what e would be let's just put energy there um but i didn't really quite understand what i wanted to do with that until i started connecting with people who work um through energy you know they they are energetically driven you know they have a, a purpose they have a passion and they tap into energy and and they build the energy um how they relate with people they also um see if if there is energy there and, and they build upon that so um so that's what PAMI stands for so it's purpose action momentum and energy and really the important bit is the the start you know you need to ground yourself in your purpose understand your why and everything else will follow from there makes perfect sense it's it's the blueprint right and and especially when it comes to writing like we'll touch on a second but you've written three books you've, you've written one that's changed your life for good you've written uh, imposter syndrome remedy and fears not my enemy all most likely stemming back from the private practice, you know, the psychology business you run, but ultimately is stemming into the, the self-publishing business where we write for a purpose. If you want to just put your thoughts on paper and that's it, write a memoir. You know, like we have to have the end in mind so that the thoughts come out in a way conducive to the desired end result. So with business owners, they want this big thing put on paper, but do you want this to be a brand building exercise? Do you want this to be a lead generation opportunity? Literally, what are we doing this for? And if we don't have the purpose in mind, we're just spending time doing things that we think we should be doing. It's Absolutely. no different no difference than just being on a, on a treadmill, just running because we're supposed to run. It's like, well, are you running a 5K? Are you trying to lose weight? Do you want a faster mile time? Like, put a game plan in place so that the action you're doing has purpose. I think that makes it's perfect sense, right? When you're working with, actually, I'm curious. So, so with those three books, um, Walk, walk me through it. At what point in the private practice did you realize there was an opportunity to, to draw from your academic writing experience, start to document self-publishing? Um, like when did that come to life? 
Well, to be perfectly honest, I initially wrote those books to give me clarity um, about what I can offer because psychology is so broad. You know, we, we can pretty much do things it, 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 when it comes to cognition, emotion, experience, um, inter, you know, personal relationships, and so on. So for me, I wrote those books because I wanted to clarify what I can offer um, to, to you know in my practice so just consolidating all of the strategies all of the techniques that I can use in my practice and use that as a resource for me you know that that's actually my my original intention but at the same time one of the biggest fears that I had was I'm going to write something and for people not really to find it, you know, for people not to use it. I don't really want to spend all of that time and effort writing a book for it just to collect electronic dust, if you like. So that's why I actually educated myself um, when it comes to writing and, and self-publishing a book because the last thing I want to happen is for me to produce something and people not to read it or not, not, not be able to find it. So yeah, my first purpose is to give me clarity um, about what I can offer. But at the same time, I really want to share um, what psychology could offer and, and make psychology as, as practical as possible, you know, something that people can actually use and apply in their day-to-day -day lives. And if I don't understand how self-publishing works, then it will be all in vain. So I educated myself. I learned how to, um, to do market research. I learned how to promote my books. I learned the sequence um, to launch and market my books on Amazon because yeah, my purpose is I want to be clear about my um, psychology practice, but I also want to reach as many people as I can. And if I learn how to self-publish and if I know how to market my book effectively, then I would um, achieve that particular purpose. So yeah, purpose is really important because it will actually direct the arrow and you know you, you, you hit your goal because you know what you are um, what you want to do. Of course. Of course. I'm curious when you launched that first your first book was Change Your Life for Good. Right. That's correct. When when you launched that and it hit number one, was it surprising or was it what you expected? But finally, like something you could say, I did it and I did it on purpose. It was. It, it, I didn't know what to expect. Let's let's you know that that's that's the truth. You know because it was the first book. I did everything that I can. You know I followed the sequence. There was a strategy. I didn't just um, publish my book, cross my fingers, and hope that people will find it. I followed the strategy. But for the first book, I wasn't sure if it was going to work. But I did it anyway. I had all the support that I can get from family, friends, and the promoters that I booked. And, and the strategy worked. And for me, I, I was surprised on the one hand that I didn't expect it to be that successful the first time. I thought it would just be the, a learning experience. And that's why I did the second book and the third book, just to be sure that it wasn't a fluke. You know, maybe I, I was thinking, maybe it's just the timing because I launched the book around um, Christmas Eve, you know, New Year's Eve. People are thinking about changing old habits. You know, they have New Year's resolutions. You know, they are at home. Maybe they want to read the book. And so I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe I got lucky. Um, you know, uh, maybe the strategy worked because it's, it's that time of year. So 
I tried again second time around same um same results third time around same results so I thought yeah okay <laughs> yeah this works but the first book I wasn't you know I I I I wanted to reach number 1 and I planned I had a strategy but I I wasn't sure if it was going to work um when I got the results try again try again same results and um yeah it proved that it actually works I think if you could do it three times, it's it's proof enough, right? So, but I thought yeah. that I thought it was it's interesting how you outline that, right? The you does you you started writing the book for yourself almost to figure out what because then if I can write it down and put it on paper and simplify it in a way that is accessible, digestible, and actionable for somebody, then you know it and you could probably teach it. And so I thought that was an interesting perspective when. You so you so uh, clarify for me. I mean, you you've done uh, uh, traditional publishing, right, through a, like a publishing house where it's more structured, long. Um, is that what would be the benefit? Like, is there any benefit to a traditional form of publishing now that you've had so much success on the self-publishing side? Right, with with the traditional publishing, it's just hands off, you know, in, in terms of the marketing and and preparing it for publication. So. For you as a writer, all you had to do really is to um, write your book. You know, you don't have to worry about how you're going to distribute it and how you're going to publish it. So, so that's actually the benefit of having a traditional publisher. However, I've chosen to self-publish my, um, my books, my self-help books, because I have more freedom and I have more autonomy. And frankly, I actually do make more money <laughs> as a self-published author. I can reach more people. Um, the, the publishing turnaround is actually quicker as well. If I want to make edits, if I, if I want to update my books, if I don't have to wait for two or three years, you know, before I can update my book, I can do it in a matter of hours. So the traditional publishing, it's good if you actually haven't got a clue, <laughs> if you really don't know um, how to publish and if you cannot be bothered <laughs> to learn how to do it, then you can go down that route. Um, you probably will have to wait for years um, to get a deal. You might need to have an agent and, and get a publisher to say yes to you. But when it comes to self-publishing, it's almost like giving the power and, and um, the freedom back to the authors and also making the readers the, the gatekeepers. You know, some people would say, ah, you know, um, with, with the traditional um, publisher, at least you are screening the books in terms of quality because only the, only the best authors will get a, a, a deal. Um, to, to have their books published. But with self-publishing, you're giving the, the control back to the readers. The readers are actually saying, yeah, I want that book. I don't like that book. So you're giving them the choice and, and filtering the good authors from the not-so-good authors because the, the good ones, you will see them shine. You will see them um, uh, being successful um, on Amazon because, yeah, the reviews will reflect it and, and the readers will actually say so. So instead of having um, the publishers decide for the readers, the readers will, will decide for themselves. So, so yeah, traditional publishing, self-publishing, there are pros and cons. Um, I still um, have the traditional publisher for my textbooks. You know, so they actually go into universities and, you know, the, the textbook will go into the reading lists um, in universities. That's one advantage to that. But with self-publishing, 
it's just you know it's giving back the 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 freedom to to readers and authors and you know we 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 can relate um with with our audience uh, more closely than than what i would have done with with the traditional publishing route it makes a lot of sense right it makes a lot of sense and depending on how much time you have and kind of now turning the page in in this dialogue and getting into the you know the details look if you're at home and you're running an online business or any business really there's only upside in the ability to produce and self-publish and whether it's notoriety or marketing content and material, the ability to be a best-selling author, there's certain things that genuinely make a real out, you know, real, real impact. And in, in, the, in the state of quarantine, for the most part, you probably have the time to do it. And so the question is where and how do I deploy my time and resources to get the best return on investment? And most people wait their whole lives to, to write a book. I don't know a single person that is entrepreneurially, you know, focused or goal-oriented that hasn't said, "I want to." At some point, I'll, I'll have a book. The question is, why wait your whole life to have a book? You know, like you said, you can crank out a book if you know it by heart. It's material you really do understand. It's personal. It's relevant. It probably won't take you ten years to write the book. Right, and so if it doesn't take you that long to write it, it, it shouldn't be something that collects dust in your filing cabinets, you know, uh, or, or or you know even just sits on your your computer. So, I'm curious when we work with people that want to write a book and they start to think of it this as an option, and you start working with them, whether it's in your self-publishing community um, or hands-on as as a client, what are the early stages of that conversation that that set everybody up for success. I can imagine there's a lot of vetting up front to figure mm-hmm. out, is this something that should even be written? I'd love to unpack what the early stages of that look like for you and, and honestly, the people looking to write the book. Sure. Um, inside my community, I actually do have a starter kit. Um, and in that starter kit, it will outline all of the steps that you need to take um, to write and self-publish a book. But one of the first steps there, and even in my um, 12-week program, the very first step goes back to the PAMI code, which is the purpose, you know, understanding your why. This is, this is day one of our Get It Done Challenge. Day one actually is understanding your why and understanding your purpose, being clear as to why you are writing a book, whether it is to um, establish yourself as an expert in your field, whether it is to use it for brand awareness for your business, you know, generating new leads. Um, and you know, getting warm leads because they've read your book. You have to be clear about your why. You know, this is the very, very first step that you have to take. The next steps would have to be um, being in the right mindset and and setting yourself up for success. One of the biggest mistakes that I've seen new authors make is that they have this fire that, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to write my book. You know, they get so excited. And it is exciting. I have to say it is exciting when you have that that spark, you know, that idea to write a book. But what happens is that if you're not grounded in your why, first of all, and if you don't have that mindset that, okay, I'm going to write my book and finish it, let's say, in four weeks or maybe for some, you know, in 12 weeks, whatever, when they just do it willy-nilly, like they don't have the structure or they don't have that commitment to actually get it done, what happens is that life happens or you know, more urgent things in their business um, comes up and they end up uh, giving up 
the book because the book is not a priority. You know, it's something that just um, came up one day and, um, you know, they can just easily give it up. So that's one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen new authors make. They start with so much fire in their belly and then life happens and business happens and so on. And they lose it. You know, they, they give up their book. And so what the, the second step that I, uh, I tell my students is that you have to prepare your mind. You have to prepare your environment. Make sure that you block um, consistent time in your diary. Make sure that you allocate the time to work on your book. Because if you're going to say, ah, you know, I'm just going to write when I have the time, that, that spare time is not going to come. You know, there's always something that will come up, whether in life or in your business. So that's, that's actually the second step. You need to prepare your mind. You need to prepare your schedule. You need to prepare your workspace because if you don't, it's likely that um, your book will just fall on the wayside. So that's the second step. The third step is you need to understand your market. You need to understand your audience. One of the biggest mistakes that I've seen new authors make is that, yeah, they have this fire. They're so excited. They have all these uh, you know, amazing ideas about their book. And they start writing. And you know, some of them will end up finishing it because they're so driven. But when they get there, they realize that their book is not marketable. You know, it's not something that's interesting to their audience. So um, maybe they've written a book about their life, you know, because, you know, their life is amazing and they want to share their stories and they want to share their expertise. But it's not something that readers are looking for. So they've spent all of that time and energy writing their book, you know, creating a product that people don't actually want. So before you start writing your book, and this is a step that most new authors miss, is that you need to do your market research. As business owners, as entrepreneurs, we know the value of market research. We know the value of you know, doing a little bit of beta testing and, and, and understanding what your market needs, you know, what your audience um, want right now. So it's the same thing with writing a book. Before you start writing a book, make sure that you actually do your market research. You know, in, in, in my um, group, I always talk about keyword research, you know, identifying these high traffic, low competition keywords on Amazon. So you have the confidence that what you're about to write is something that people are looking for. And if I can give an example, uh, my second book is called Imposter Syndrome Remedy. Initially, I wanted to write a book about self-confidence, about embracing your self-worth, and so on. So that's my idea. But when, I, but when I did my market research, I found that there are like several thousand books on self-confidence. And there's only a handful of books that are selling well. You know, there are books that are dominating that niche, and everything else is actually not making any money. So I, I dug a bit deeper, you know, I looked into the market and I found that imposter syndrome is something that um, people are looking for. There are something like 6,000 searches per month on Amazon for that keyword. And there are only a handful of books um, on that topic. So I've decided, yes, you know, I can write about this. Market research helped me to um, find my focus. It helped me to narrow down my topic. So even before I started writing my books, I clarified 
what the market needs, you know, so I can write something that will serve my audience and it will be something that will be marketable, you know, by the time I, you know, I'm ready to publish because I've done my market research before I've started writing my books. So those are the three things, you know, first initial steps that I found that some authors um, miss. First, understand your why, always ground yourself in your purpose. Second, you need to prepare your mindset and your workspace and your schedule. And third, do your market research. Please <laughs> do your market research before you start writing your book. So by the time you finish writing your book, it will be easier to market, it will be easier to promote because you've identified that that's something that readers are looking for right now. That's how you know you have a 100% success rate when you can rattle that. I mean, like, just being honest, like, those listening, those watching, like, you don't know that by, by guessing. Get your head right, make it a priority, do your research. Relatively common things that a lot of people, like, saying it and hearing it, it's like, that makes sense, but are you doing it? Like, that makes perfect sense. You look up, you know, self-help books, personal development. There's thousands of novels, books, you know, literature out there. There's a reason why the ones sell and some don't. And it's not always brand loyalty. It's not always, you know, they're a figurehead in the in the community. Like, you don't have to be the CEO of a Fortune 250 company to have notoriety or to have, have that equity in, in that status. But I'm curious with, with how you find the, the keyword data you're referencing. For a lot of people, and there's a group that I interviewed, uh, the folks at the Potomac Paddle Club, um, they're a DC-based company that provides experiences um, that are absolutely incredible. And their first year in business was uh, last year, and they absolutely crushed it. And it was one of their, their co-founders, is they do market research. That's what they do. And when we got uh, into that part of the interview, and I don't remember what episode it was on, I think some 30-something, um, it was exactly that. They're like, we looked at everything from weather patterns, because they do experiences in DC, to you know, what are people searching? And they got so deep on it. They made they got the data, but then they made the phone call. This like they just did enough research where they took the guessing out of the mm. business plan. Business plans aren't about putting things on paper that you think makes sense. It's about putting the it's the business plan is in the launch plan is no different than an architect building a blueprint for a skyscraper. It's not just lines and numbers. It's it's that's the example of what this needs to be to stand and to work. So when you're doing keyword research, what tools are you using to find the answers? Yeah, there are several software that, that we can use um, for the market research. Um, we have Publisher Rocket. You, you know, this is something that I recommend to all of my students. Publisher Rocket is absolutely amazing because with that, you can identify um, the keywords. You can identify um, the, the competition. You can see um, how much um, some of these books are making. You can see whether they're selling or not because maybe people are searching for that particular book, but they're not buying it for some reason. So you, you can see the trends from there. So there are tools like software, like Publisher Rocket. You can also go through the current books. Like you can go through the... Um, the the reviews, you know, see the gaps, you know, see the limitations of, of the current offer and see how you can fill those gaps. You can have a look at Google Trends, you know, you can have a look at uh, blogs and forums and see what's on the comments. So it's really just understanding 
the market, really understanding what your readers need um, right now, you know, what are their fears, their goals, their frustrations. And when you understand that, you'll be able to write a book that your readers will love, you know, because you actually listened, you paid attention and you're writing a book, not just for your ego that you want to write a book, but you have this um, uh, need to actually serve them as well with something that that could maybe ease their pain or could um, enrich their business or their, you know, several aspects of their life. So it's really understanding and catering to the needs of your readers because ultimately when you're writing a book, it's not a, you know, it's not a one-way street. It's a dialogue. You know, you're writing someone, something and someone is actually reading it. So always have your readers in mind. Um, think about their needs, their goals, their fears, their frustrations, and let that guide you in terms of what you're going to include um, in your book and how you're going to position your book in your market and how you're going to package it by the time you actually publish it and, and promote it on Amazon. I love that. I, I, if you're watching, like I just stopped to write that. When you're writing a book, it's not a one-way street. It's a dialogue. That is the simplest way to explain why books do well and why they don't. When you're writing something because you want to tell people things, it's not as effective as saying, I heard you say something, I have something for you, right? It's so smart. It's so, so smart. So purpose, make it a priority, level expectations of like, this is going to take work. You're going to have to make this a priority. It's, it's not, uh, the writing of the book is not a luxury, right? It's, it, this is a business priority. It will drive results, it, it, but we have to think with the end in mind. What do we want to happen? What are we bringing to them that's more valuable than what they already have? And then then you're kind of off to the races on creating. And and so I want to take uh, one second and, and ask, because most people, when they want to publish a book, they're like, I want it to be everywhere. I want to put this in every store, every, every retailer, every online, every e-commerce platform. When we talked originally, you, you, you shared some insight on that's actually not the right way to go about it, especially if this is your first time publishing and being a self-published author. Why is that the case? Why, why do you not want to cast a wide net, um, whereas picking maybe Amazon and going 100% on Amazon is the best use of, of time, the best strategy? Why is that the case? Yeah, I, I actually do have this um, discussion in my group a lot because um, some of my members, they, they really just want to cast um, the net as wide as widely as they can. Understandably, because um, the rationale behind that is that the more um, platforms they put their books in, the, the better chances that someone might pick it up, right? Um, but for me, I call my brand self-publishing made simple because that's what it is you know we try to keep it as simple as possible and help you to focus and and understand one platform at a time and the platform that i chose is amazon because it couldn't be any simpler than you know amazon publishing with amazon publishing all you have to do really is to upload your manuscript and your cover and you know all the information about your book on there and that's it <laughs> hit publish and and you're you're good to go and with that you 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 focus your attention to just that one platform and and understand how that works how are you going to compete on there how are you going to try to trigger the algorithm and with amazon claiming i think they're holding like 70% of the um ebook um market uh marketplace 
you know, you're actually capturing millions of readers by being on Amazon. And when you go exclusive on Amazon, Amazon gives you the, the Amazon love, if you like. Um, you know, when, when you sign up to their um, KDP Select, you know, it, it helps you with the algorithm. It makes your book more visible. And you're able to take advantage of some of the um, benefits of, of being exclusive exclusive like listing your book in Kindle Unlimited, um, having more royalties in the overseas territories, um, being able to price your book at, um, at, for free actually. There are days when you can set your book for free um, just to build the buzz around your book. You can set countdown deals as well if you go exclusive on Amazon like You've seen that on Amazon from time to time when a book says, um, you know, it's 99p and then you see a timer and then it shows how much it will cost um, three days later. So it's just, you know, using all of those benefits, you know, the capacity and you play around with Amazon. And when you crush it on Amazon, it gives you the confidence um, to explore other platforms later. You know, you, you, if you focus and, and dip your toes um, in the Amazon uh, self-publishing marketplace, um, you know, you're, you're just trying to understand and, and build the confidence and the experience first, understand how that works. And after a while, when you're more confident, then yeah, sure, feel free to explore other options. But for me, my, my mantra in the group is, you know, take it a step at a time. If you're trying to run even before you can walk, the chances are you might trip. And you might end up just getting paralyzed by fear or overwhelmed because it's too damn complicated. So, yeah, you, you, yeah some, some of my um, community members have probably seen me throw tantrums <laughs> inside the community when, you know, people try to... Um, make it too complicated by throwing in all, all of these other platforms. It's not that, you know, I'm not an, an Amazon affiliate, you know, I'm not getting any commissions by trying to, to promote them. It's just for me, it's just really simple. And when you try to focus on one platform at a time, it, it simplifies it for you. You know, you're getting experience, you're getting confidence. And when you're ready, when you have enough experience and when you have enough um, you know, books in your portfolio, then you can explore other platforms if you want. But for me, after three books, I'm still exclusive on Amazon because if I take the exclusivity out from Amazon, I will lose the Amazon love. <laughs> and, you know, they are, um, you know, they have the majority share of, of the um, ebook market. So that's why I'm staying there, keeping it simple for me and keeping it uh, more manageable for me makes a lot of sense. They have the majority of the market, so you're capturing the majority of people in one place. It's, it's really no different than, than saying, you know, I, I want to go fishing. There's 70% of the fish I want to catch at this big pond, but why not have lines in 10 different places? It's like you can't manage all those lines at one place. You can't put it, like, you can't monitor every single one perfectly. And if, especially if you're a first-time author, it's a lot of work to make this happen, and you have to be effective. It's no different than launching a new product. You need the market research, the keyword research, positioning it, the cover, how you design it, how you price it. Every marketplace has a different price point, has a different you know, psychology of a buyer. People are on Amazon operate a different way than maybe a smaller boutique online retailer. So it makes a lot of sense. And after three books, all being number one bestsellers and hundreds in your community, if it works, it works. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm curious, so when, when you're working with people, 
you've shared a, a couple really awesome tidbits on common mistakes. Um, I'm really curious what some of the common misconceptions are for first-time publishers. Things that, that they come to you with the assumption of, and it's simply not the case. Mm. I'd love to unpack that a little bit, maybe debunk some of these myths and maybe things that are holding people back or just forming the wrong perspective on what can be a lucrative process and incredibly advantageous initiative being a self-published book. Sure. Um, yes, uh, one of the myths that I've noticed and, you know, with the, you know, when I meet already published authors, um, they would say something like, ah, oh, you know, with self-publishing, it's going to cost me thousands of dollars um, to get my book out. And certainly this would be the case if you go with vanity publishers, you know, you will go um, and, and spend $5,000 or $10,000 um, because you essentially write your book and hand it over to them and you know they're they're pretty much um acting like a, a publisher but you're paying them um to to do the job for you and for me i i find this really um frustrating sometimes because there are some authors who would say i wish i knew you before i i paid thousands of dollars um on vanity publishing simply because you can actually do it yourself um you can obviously you write your own book um, if you have design skills, you can design the the cover yourself, or you can um, you can get a a freelancer um, to do the the cover for you. Um, you can hire an editor. Um, you can build your launch team, but you don't really need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars um, to self publish a book. So that's actually one of the um, common myths, you know, common misconceptions that. Um, self-publishing is, uh, you know, it's it's almost like they, they are making it synonymous to vanity publishing. It is not. What, what you are doing essentially as a self-published author is becoming the publisher yourself. You can build the team. Um, you can hire your own proofreader. You can have your designer. You can have your launch team. But you don't need to spend thousands of dollars just to publish a book. So that's one of the... Um, misconceptions the second misconception is that um, you need to have a huge following that you need to have thousands and thousands of followers on Instagram or on, on social media to make it to number one bestseller on Amazon for me when I started I had zero followers and even with zero followers I outranked the amazing Tim Ferriss who is like mega big um, you know in the in the online space and for me, it's it's really just following um, a, a launch strategy that works. You need to have a a process. You need to follow a, a plan. You know, some people will just publish, cross their fingers, and you know, hope for the best. It's not gonna work. <laughs> okay, yeah, you you'll probably need to be a, a celebrity, um, you know, to be able to do that because people will be looking for your book. If you want to get to number one bestseller on Amazon, you don't necessarily need to have thousands and thousands of followers on social media. In fact, you can use your book to grow your audience. You know, you can use your book to grow your mailing list because people will find your book, sign up, you know, check you out. And, you know, if they love your book, you know, they will be your fans. So it could be the other way around. You can use your book as a way to grow your audience. But yeah, the misconception that you need thousands and thousands of followers to make it to number one, that's just absolute rubbish because all you need to do 
is to have a strategy, have a plan, have a proven launch sequence, follow that sequence, and yeah, that will get you to number one bestseller on Amazon. So yeah, so that's uh, another myth that um, I hope that I, I've debunked. <laughs> um, that was perfect. It, I, I actually, that was something I was thinking of and, and we hadn't, hadn't gotten there, but that's exactly it. People think you need this big platform to sell a book on. It's like, you don't always need to be on a big major news network. <clears throat> you don't, you don't necessarily need to have the big social presence. This it's, it's like often people miss, they, they overcomplicate the chicken before the egg. Like I need the following to have a book to sell. It's like, no, you can, you can have a book, great market research, position the book effectively to grow your following, drive lead generation. If the book's great and it really answers questions, it's, it serves as material to create lead generation for months to come, for followers to find you. You know, it gives, it gives a value add and a deposit into your target audience as opposed to a withdrawal from your target audience saying, buy from me, you know, look at me. It's like, you know, this is something I know you're looking for. It can bring you value. I think that's that makes a lot of sense. And I yeah, hope- it, it's actually the other way around because if you've done your market research well, then people will find your book because they're already looking for it. So even if you start with zero followers, if you are presenting them with a book that will serve them, they will find it. And if they love your book, if you've written it well, then they will follow you. And, and that's how you grow your audience. Um, for, for most of my students, because they are business owners, they are online entrepreneurs, I encourage them to use their book as a way to grow their mailing list. You know, They will have a, a free checklist or a meditation guide or a um, cheat sheet inside their book and you know they use that to um, you know the, the readers will sign up for um, to, to download that um, checklist and it, you know they nurture they nurture their audience um, in their mailing list so yeah you can start with zero followers and you can use your book um, to grow your following instead of the other way around so so what you're saying is that inside of the book, again back to purpose priority what the goal of the the project is they include throughout the book things that cause them to take action and therefore engaging with the the author that's right so if i can just give my an, an example with my second book imposter syndrome remedy so i talk about um imposter syndrome what it is um what are the consequences of uh, mismanaging it and and what you can do about it and inside the book, I talk about a 30-day plan. You know, how can you get to know your inner critic and, and how to talk to your inner critic. And in the, in the book, I ask them to download a workbook to monitor their thoughts, um, to, to apply the, the techniques that I teach inside the book. So my readers will download that workbook. To download that workbook, they need to sign up to my mailing list. And that's where I nurture them. That's when they get to know me and my practice. And I actually do get clients um, in my psychology practice as a result of that because they reach out to me because they feel as if they already know me. You know, they we've already established that I know my stuff, that I'm an, I'm an expert in, in the field. And because I've been nurturing them inside my mailing list, they recognize that I'm also human. You know, they get to know me, they, they become warm leads. And instead of me chasing them, they actually come to me and ask, um, you know, can you coach me? You know, I, I really love your approach. Um, can we work one-to-one? So 
that's that's you know I, I love that because as far as the psychology practice goes um, it's actually the clients coming to me and I don't really have to chase for clients um, when it comes to you know when it comes to my uh, psychology my psychology practice because my book is already there and I think if anybody listening doesn't say I want that you crazy <laughs> you crazy and so um, Look, it's it's about how, how can we how can we think downrange a little bit? You know, a book doesn't publish itself in five minutes, but if you have the right resources, I know through your self-publishing made easy. Like you help your clients, whether it's you know if the English isn't their first language, like your editors can help them. I know you've built a team around you to help cover a lot of the blind spots, and and I think that's ultimately what it takes. You know, you don't have to go at this alone. You know, the the Palme theory. Um, right um but uh but it's about strategy writing a book with intent what are we doing this for and is it a priority or not because we don't have to wait until the end of our life to want to put something out so we have something left use it today to grow your business to grow your community to bring value to your target audience uh and and i think i mean there's a lot of pieces of it this this conversation that are very actionable do your keyword research. There's software available to what Emmy was sharing where, where you can go actually find specific things. What are the high traffic, you know, low, low, uh, uh, the high traffic keywords that have minimal competition, right? So where everybody's looking for self-help, a lot of people want, you know, uh, uh, what was it? The, the, uh, in, what was the one you, you referenced? It was uh, the imposter syndrome, right? That's right. Yeah. Thousands of people searching it, but there's only a few options, right? So it's doing the due diligence to figure out what people actually want because we do live in a world where the data is there. As much as people say they value privacy, we act every day in a way that tells the world, here's what I want. And it's just about doing the work to go give them exactly what they want. Go look at the reviews of competitors that you're selling against in this market if you're selling a similar book. If there's a lot of twos and threes in those ratings, what are they saying the book almost had? It was really good, but it missed this. If you can equip yourself with some of that substance, it's just logic. It, it yeah. positions your book to be really successful, and so it, it's it's certainly something that that came up, you know, with with my one to one clients. You know, when I do the keyword research with them, we will identify a topic, and the more we dig dig deeper into the market research, we find that people are actually looking for practical things right now. They don't really they don't really want to be lectured at. Um, they they information is free and what we're finding with our market research these days is that people are looking for workbooks people are looking for practical guides you know a step-by-step -step process so if you are a an online entrepreneur maybe you're a business coach or you know maybe a therapist or whatever um when you do your market research you will find that people are actually right now looking for practical things and if your book can offer that if you if you have this um expertise that could ease the pain like a very specific problem that's um you know that that's causing too much distress to your readers and if you make it actionable and practical you know they'll they'll take it and and they'll thank you for it and they'll be your raving fans and and your book will actually sell itself and you know if people love your book they'll reach out to you they'll check out your brand they'll be your ambassadors and having a book is a really great way to raise your brand, you know, the, to raise a brand awareness,
to generate leads, even passive income stream. I mean, my audiobooks are really doing well. Um, they actually do better than print. So you can have all these other options, you know, print, Kindle, audiobook versions. It's it's absolutely fantastic. And if you're thinking that you're not you're not sure how you're gonna do it, if you don't know where to start, you know, come and connect with us. You know, you're not the first person to self-publish a book. You won't be the last. There's a process that works. You need to educate yourself. And when you do that, you just rinse, repeat, you know, rinse, repeat, and, and repeat the process just as I've done um, for my books and also for my students. Best sellers guaranteed or money back. And that's, that is a promise of all promises. And when you've done it hundreds of times, you do it with certainty, you advise with confidence. And it's really just like any great workout plan. It works if you work it and it starts with purpose. Uh, there's required for action. The momentum and the ability to be consistent is a, is a, re is a requirement. Um, you need to come with the right energy and ultimately have, a, have a, a mindset with the right expectations, a coach like yourself that can really partner in the process because you, you don't have to go with this alone. And better yet, having somebody to help uh, work through the challenges, navigate this course, you're not gonna make the same mistakes because like Emmy's done this before so many times that you're going to bridge the gap between guessing and knowing. And right now when you're in a state, whether it's quarantine or post COVID writing a book is, is a phenomenal way to grow brand, grow your business. Why not work with somebody that's going to help get you there faster and more effectively. And so guys, everything we do here, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, Emmy, thank you so much for spending some time with us over in the UK. Uh, it's it's really, really simple. This is First Floor Conversations, uh, and the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. And in the case of building a business, developing your brand, bringing value to a community, writing a book is a phenomenal way to drive leads, drive revenue, and build a community of people that wanna reach out to you, just like Emmy shared, to say, I like what you're saying, I agree with your approach, and I appreciate how you, you know, packaged it, can we work together in some capacity? And in a world where everybody wants customers, imagine if they were all knocking on your door instead of you knocking on theirs. And so, uh, Emmy, thank you so much. Uh, any closing remarks? I know you have uh, a 12-week course that's been really, really successful, the self-publishing made easy community. I'll let you have a minute and, and uh, talk about anything top of mind for you. Sure. Thanks, Jeremy. Well, if anyone listening, um, if you're thinking about writing and self-publishing a book, you're more than welcome to join us on Facebook. We have a free community called Self-Publishing Made Simple. Um, it's a really friendly, supportive community. And you'll find all the number one best-selling authors um, in the group. You'll be surprised that you know it's not that difficult to get to number one if you actually know what you're doing. Um, and coming soon, we're, we're going to start the, the next cohort of the 12-week challenge. Um, we, we start on the 24th of June, but registration is now open. So it's a 12-week program where we plan, you know, we identify your keywords, we identify your topic, write your book, and publish and launch it to number one bestseller on Amazon. We'll do the keyword research together, outline. You'll have four weeks to write your book and prepare it for publication. You know, find your editor, cover designer, promo, and launch it to number one bestseller. Every single one of my students got to number one and follow that 12-week program. And I can guarantee you it's going to be fun. We'll do it together. And it doesn't have to be complicated. That's why we call it self-publishing made simple. 
It couldn't be more simple than that. Everybody, Emmy Vita Stasio, she's the number one best-selling author, self-publishing made easy, private practice, academic, textbooks, everything you name it, tons of value. I hope you enjoy, uh, and I hope you stay tuned for more. Thank you, everybody.